0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Umbody. With me, Shay Dixon, on the line in just a second. We want to appreciate you guys listening to the pod. Quick reminder to leave us a rating, a review, and hit that subscribe button. It's LSU Florida week. The Tigers will host the Gators and Tiger Stadium on ESPN at seven o'clock on Saturday night. It's going to be an electric atmosphere in sold-out Death Valley, and with me to talk about it now is Shay Dixon. Shay, we're going to talk a little recruiting, but uh, just what's this week like for you to kind of run through? Because I know it's uh, just us running around a lot, but it's it's pretty cool to get these opportunities to cover a game like this.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, talking to the LSU team this week when we met with them for interviews, it's clear. I mean, what on Monday Ed Orgeron said, let's not do any smack talking um, or said, you know, I'll talk to him about tweeting and and stuff like that. Uh, But I don't think he talked to him before they had interviews because I don't think there was a kid uh, or a player on the team of the maybe eight or nine guys they brought out there from Joe Burrow to Patrick Queen and down the line that. Uh, didn't just come out and say, "Look, I hate Florida, and they hate us, and that's just kind of how it is." And uh, you know, I don't think that Florida would consider LSU their biggest rival, and and probably not LSU fans consider Florida. But uh, this annual matchup is always great. I mean, in what in the past twenty years, I think it's split at ten wins apiece, so uh, a very evenly matched series, uh, kind of uh, obviously across that stretch, and uh, it's fun. I mean, think about all the the fake special teams field goals and the punt, fake punt from Brad wing and uh, the Tebow days and Jacob Hester uh, and all the fourth down uh, calls from Les miles and uh, kind of the, the hurricane moving what now we've had uh, four years of two games in Baton Rouge, two games in Gainesville uh, without rotating. Now they'll be back in Baton Rouge for the first time uh, in a while. So uh, it's got so many storylines. It's fun. You can tell the team, is amped up about it, given SEC play is kind of really starting. They already played Vanderbilt, but uh, they're arguably the worst team in the conference. Now they've got uh, the remaining seven games against, uh, you know, nothing but SEC teams and seven o'clock death Valley. It's going to be good weather. It's going to be cool out there. Uh, game days there. Uh, it's going to be a great environment. And look, we'll, we'll talk some about some of the guys that are on the visitor list uh, in this pod, but, I would say this rivals like what a normal LSU Bama type visitor list looks like. I mean, it's not only the in-state kids, but pretty much, you know, I'd say 80% of their targets left are going to be coming to this game. And then you toss in all the 2021 kids who are juniors in high school and kind of going through the recruiting process uh, now, you know, kind of really in depth for the first time. Uh, And this should be, it'll no doubt be LSU's most attended game of the year, given it's at night. Uh, everybody has time to drive in for it on Saturday or or travel and fly in with playing on Friday night. So uh, you throw all that together that I mentioned. And, and this is it. This is the uh, the biggest game in Tiger Stadium, in my opinion, this season. I think it'll be uh, I think it matters, obviously, uh, in terms of a top 10 matchup. But uh, I think just the buzz around it will be um, bigger than Auburn and, and bigger than A&M.
1: Yeah, and, and with that, a, a huge recruiting weekend for Ed Ogeron and the Tigers. Ed Ogeron even said it in his first comment or two when meeting with the media on Monday. He said, look, we've got two big official visitors coming in, and uh, we can talk about those two, certainly. But, I mean, just as many recruits as we can get, we're going to get them in. And, and right now, they're doing an incredible job of, of building an elite visitor list, like you said, um, but look, let's start with, with the big news, uh, that, that really broke today and it's not LSU, Florida, you know, in terms of battling it out, but you know, what are, what are you hearing right now on, on uh, a five-star running back, one of LSU's biggest targets making it in to Baton Rouge and, and how big is this unofficial visit for this Houston area prospect?
2: Yeah, Zach Evans, the number one running back in the country. Um, Brian Peroni at the A and M site uh, talked to someone close to to the North Shore staff, and uh, and they confirmed or at least said, look, as of right now, uh, he's choosing to go over to the LSU game against Florida. Uh, obviously, the other marquee game he could be going to would be in College Station uh, with number one Alabama taking on the Aggies. Uh, you know, you tossing LSU and those two teams, and a lot of people think. Uh, if you add in Georgia, that's kind of the four teams that are are really in the mix to land his signature uh, when the time comes for him to announce it. But we'll see if he shows a obviously I couldn't circle a different player in this class. It's sort of more unpredictable than Evans. And and I guess what I mean by that is you hear all this buzz about this team leading and then this team leading and he's about to commit and then he's not going to commit. He's going to visit here and he's not going to visit here. Uh, And he didn't play a handful of games to start the year. So it's kind of this kind of mystery around so many areas of his recruitment. But uh, I'll say this, they get him in this weekend. They're hosting him again for uh, an official visit for the Auburn game, which will be later in the month. Uh, And then obviously at the end of the year, they'll have their eye on getting him in for that A&M game, which will be the final game uh, of the regular season after right after Thanksgiving, Uh, those would be three pretty big visits to get him on. And, Uh, It seems like right now they've got a shot to do it. So uh, I don't know, look, and I don't think anybody does other than Zach, but uh, where he's going to go to college. But I will say this is that since he was in ninth grade, LSU has been after him. They've recruited the North shore. Well, Uh, they have multiple players from North shore high on the team, Eric Monroe, Caleb on chase on obviously. Uh, And they don't have a running back committed right now. And and they've really prioritized Evans um, from start to finish. And, I would say, I'd, and you can include Texas and a and he's been to LSU's campus as much, if not more, than all those schools. I mean, he probably averages four or five visits a year. He's never missed a summer camp, never missed a junior day. So um, he's a guy that you circle as, I don't know if they're going to get a running back in this class. We'll see how the numbers work out. But uh, there's no denying at this point that uh, Evans is number one on their wish list uh, in terms of who they want to land.
1: Yeah, big news that that he's going to be on campus. I've always felt like the positive for LSU is they've always been in this race. That's the it's the one school that you can sit there and say they've been even keeled with his recruitment. I, I you know you can talk about Alabama surging, you can talk about Georgia surging, you can talk about Texas a And M, Texas being left out. Then he visits and he's still kind of left out. Texas he has always had LSU right in the mix and and. So I think that's a positive for LSU if he if he does show up it's a big big deal uh, on Saturday night of course that that he'd make it in for this one and especially with his official visit for the Auburn game kind of looming later this month as well so it'd be two visits in the course of a couple weeks so big news for LSU there they can indeed host him for uh, this weekend now let's move on to some of these more LSU Florida or Florida native recruiting battles that we're kind of seeing these two teams shape up for and we'll start with the 2020 class and Marcus Dumerville he's probably look in terms of need with where LSU's at on the offensive line right now i think he's probably one two three you know biggest prospects out there to land an elite tackle like him out of the Fort Lauderdale area and and actually Shay you know i'm I'm going to get to see him friday night and right now he's not really on the visitor list that 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 we're expecting but if he were to make the call to show up this weekend who knows i mean that would say a lot about where where lsu stands but i guess we're hearing a lot of florida buzz we're hearing a lot of lsu buzz the crystal balls on lsu well what's kind of your read on this one he's a tough one to to kind of get a full grasp of where he's at
2: yeah you know i think that for me it's quite obvious and he has said it multiple times on the record even uh, that if signing day, you know, he's called LSU's leader before. Um, you know, we've heard him say multiple times, "Look, if I had to decide right now, I'd probably pick LSU." And uh, he is someone who, as you said, regardless of position, they know they need offensive tackles. There is only two offensive tackles ranked in the top ten nationally that are not committed somewhere, and he's one of them. Uh, the other being Andrew Gentry out of Colorado, and LSU is also recruiting him. But I think that LSU. I'd put it this way. I think that Doomerville's family, and this isn't a surprise, would like to see him stay closer to home. And I don't think that means that they're going to twist his arm in on signing day and, and say, look, you have to sign with uh, you know this school. But I do think that Florida has that going for him, just like any kid from Louisiana would have that going for him, that staying home would give family and friends and everybody else like that a chance to see him play more often. Now, That being said, I think me personally, I think Marcus has a little more interest in LSU than Florida. Now, granted, uh, he was at Florida for the win over Auburn. Um, He's clearly got them in the mix. But uh, I think what people would be surprised to hear is that that visit to Florida was the first time he had ever stepped foot with, you know, during his recruitment, been to Gainesville for a visit. So while Florida has been after him hard, he's been to LSU you know, as much as he's been to Florida. He's already done an official visit to LSU with his family. So I think that LSU does have a little bit of an edge, but I'm curious if that lasts all the way until the end. And really only because of the idea of, uh, do you stay closer to home or do you really go further away? And uh, Bam and Ohio State are recruiting him and and he's interested. Um, I don't think that Either of those teams, I know neither of those teams is recruiting him harder than LSU. He said that many times uh, that LSU is probably the school recruiting him the hardest. So I don't. I think it's really LSU or Florida. Obviously, um, his cousin's a defensive lineman at Louisville right now. Um, his uncle uh, Elvis Dumerville, played at Louisville. I don't see him going to Louisville. So uh, yeah, I have it a, a Tigers versus Gators battle. Um, like you said, we'll see. You'll be there Friday night. I'd be a bit surprised if he turned around Saturday morning and made that drive uh, to get over here. But um, we'll see if it happens again. I think he's going to take things closer to December and kind of really go over the plans in his head. But to this point, again, I think that if signing day were right now, he would probably want to choose LSU.
1: Yeah, I talked to a source close to him over the summer at the opening finals, where he really, really blew up, and and they said, "Look, we were really close to committing to LSU on our official," day. and and that's you know something that I I, I kind of hold on to a little bit, but and and it shows how well the you know job LSU's done recruiting him to have him at that point over the over the summer, but they're taking things slow. They know things can change. I think they want to see how Florida you know plays the rest of the season. I think they've, they're they probably a little surprised with how well LSU's playing and this offense has looked as well. So there's a lot of positives on both sides for, for both of these schools to kind of look at and say, okay, that's that's good. We know, you know, Florida's number seven in the country. We're playing well. LSU, on the other hand, they've had this offensive explosion, number five in the country. We're playing well. So I do think the patient approach for for Marcus is, is like you said, what he's going to do. It's just a matter of, or what school can continue to just chip away and chip away, and then and then come away with him when when he does decide? And he's mentioned kind of around those All-Star games is when he might want to make his decision. But um, we'll we'll certainly see. I do want to touch on two Florida natives that that LSU's been you know kind of chipping away on at least one more more so than the other. Uh, Miami, Columbus wide receiver Xavier Henderson, the Crystal Balls on Clemson. But he's a Florida native. LSU is down to see. And, and certainly Florida's recruiting him as well. And Alabama's uh, hosted him on an official visit as well. But that's one. I think that's a little bit more of a, of a long, long shot right now for LSU. But they were in on the first day of their bye week to see him. But on the other side of things, Danell Harris, uh, out of Gulliver Prep, one of the top defensive you know edge rushers available right now, he, he's been been to lSU for an unofficial visit. He might pop up this weekend. I mean, Shay signs are starting to point towards lSU being certainly being the leader here and and while Florida, you know would love to keep him at home, this is really kind of an lSU a and m type of battle at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think lSU holds the lead. In fact, I think it's uh, a bit of a sizable one to be honest, and that's just. From Donnell saying that LSU's unofficial visit uh, not long ago uh, was the best one he's ever been on, the best campus trip he's made. And and he's visited already all the other schools that's in the mix, including A&M. Um, he was supposed to be at A&M this weekend for an official visit, at least over the summer. That was his plans. And uh, now he's not going to do that. It looks like he's going to be in Baton Rouge. Um, I've got him on commit watch, but not because – of anything more than I think he's been on commit watch for a month. You know, I think that LSU is the team to beat whenever he feels like he's ready to shut things things down. I think he will. I don't think he has any real reason to drag things out. And um, we're talking about a guy who is a top 100 prospect. He reclassified after he decommitted from Miami, uh, moved from the 2020 class into the 2020 class. And um, since then LSU has been pretty relentless and we know that they want another edge rusher. Uh, they've got Philip Webb coming in this weekend. He's already been on an official. They've got Harris set to come in. Uh, he's not taken an official yet, so that would make uh, it another unofficial visit for him, meaning he's coming on his own dime. That always means um, that you have some sort of uh, sincere interest, especially when you're going to you know come all the way from Florida, from Miami uh, to Baton Rouge for a weekend. So uh, I do. I, I think that They've put in the work on him, and right now I would say that they're the team to beat. And Whether he pops this weekend or not remains to be seen, obviously, and we'll see if he gets to campus. But uh, I do think that kind of when I look at the edge rusher board, I'd put him number one, you know, as the most likely guy to end
1: up in this class. Yeah, and and look, there's going to be a ton of other 2020 prospects on campus. We will definitely keep you guys in the loop on those ones. But right now, uh, we're going to take a quick break from the Go 24-7 podcast. We'll come right back. We'll talk about some 2021 battles that are shaping up between the Tigers and the Gators. We'll be right back after this.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
1: Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening, Shay. We do have a ton of the 2020 visitors on Go 24-7 right now. You, can go, you guys can go and check those out. But I want to shift gears and look at some of the 2021s that are, A, going to be on campus, and, B, LSU-Florida battles right now. And I want to start off with the number one prospect in Louisiana. That's Mason Smith, the, the Terrorbone defensive tackle Five-star prospect on on the composite right now. He, he he he's got some family that are that that like the Gators a little bit. I've got my crystal ball on LSU, but uh, he's probably going to end up you know tripping to Florida, and and they're going to make his top group of schools. I mean, what what's your read on this one? And and he's already said he has some big news coming on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I'm curious what that'll be. I I think I'll, I'm with you. I think LSU's the team to beat. He's a kid from Homa, so. Uh, Being South Louisiana helps. He grows up around um, kind of a very pro-LSU atmosphere. And they know that defensive linemen are the difference makers, right? Like Orgeron is a defensive line coach um, throughout most of his career, obviously. Uh, And I think that they made it clear to Mason really early on, um, kind of as he started to explode uh, with college offers that uh, a, they wanted him, and B, that they were going to be pretty relentless in trying to get him. And Greg McMahon, uh, the special teams coordinator, recruits that area. He's been all over him, um, tossing the rest of the staff, obviously Ed Orgeron. Uh, now that they can call, I think starting in September, they could start actually calling 2021 recruits on the phone. Uh, he's been pretty relentless there with the push and obviously is uh, taken a, a very uh, forward approach with um, jumping kind of headfirst into 2021 in Louisiana uh, and circling Mason Smith as a guy that they really want. We have him ranked as the state's number one player. He's obviously one of the top defensive tackles in the country. Um, we both saw him at the opening regional event uh, in New Orleans. He won D-line MVP and punched his ticket to Dallas, uh, despite being you know a year older than most of the kids that were there. Or excuse me, a year younger than most of the kids there competing. He's obviously only a junior. But I like LSU's chances. As you said, Ford is in this. They got an early offer in. Um, He definitely has mentioned them time and again, but he's been around LSU a lot. He's come to multiple games. He'll be back this weekend. And I just get the sense that early on, it's going to be tough for a team to beat LSU just because of, like I said, how hard they've been recruiting him and then knowing that. Um, you know, they've told him many times, we're going to want defensive linemen again next year. And uh, we want it to begin with you and and you're the number one player on our board at the position. And uh, I think that's what Mason wants to hear.
1: Yeah. I've got my crystal ball pick in on, on LSU. Like, like I said, and, and I feel like it could come sooner rather than later. I mean, he's been a constant on campus and you know, we'll see. He he might want to play out kind of like Jaquelin Roy a little bit, kind of, you know, see, see some other schools, get a look, uh, you know, your Alabama, your, your, your Florida, Texas A&M, Texas, you know, places like that. But in the end, I, I do feel like he ends up, you know, a, an LSU, um, LSU Tigers. And look, Greg McMahon has also done a really nice job recruiting that area and has them in a good spot. So shout out to him uh, for, for you know, what the job he's done with, with Mason Smith. Another one that I want to highlight is, is Kane Williams, the, the John Arrett safety, you know, big-time you know, prospect that has been, again, on LSU's campus a ton. But he likes Florida, and and he won't be on campus this weekend. He's going to check out Texas A&M and Alabama, and Florida's a school that's recruiting him really hard. But I, I put my crystal ball pick on LSU here, And and again, I mean, this is one where Florida's going to host him, but I mean— He's he's going to come back to LSU. I'm not really worried about him making visits, but, but you know this is one where where they're certainly battling a little bit with, with the Gators.
2: Yeah, I know, I'm with you. I think that he does have some some you know pretty serious interest in some out of state schools, and uh, LSU's already offered him. Um, they've traditionally recruited obviously the area and his school well, uh, and they've really let him know early on that. You know, look, we've got I think they probably What would you guess six or seven kids in Louisiana for next year have an LSU offer already. And he's in that group. So um, and and that happened ahead of his junior season. So after his sophomore year, LSU had already jumped in um, kind of head first trying to go after him. And uh, I think that it's he's one that I bet lets things play out for a bit. And even if he committed to an out of state school or LSU, I could see him being the type where schools don't let up on him and he's still making visits and everything like that. So uh, early on, I would consider LSU to be the team to beat, but I think that's really only because uh, they're the in-state team, right? And and he's at a school that's usually been pretty friendly uh, to the Tigers in recent years. So uh, they'll have to stay on him. But look, one thing we've always known is they don't struggle to recruit DBs and they're going to need safeties next year. So, He'll be a priority, but they're going to have offers out to a lot of guys, and they already do. So um, I think next year's safety board is going to be really interesting to watch because I think it could be made up of a number of different kids. I think it's way too early to even begin to predict what it might look like on signing day. But uh, I do think Kane will be a guy that kind of remains in the conversation um, from, what, a year ago all the way until he's ready to sign in probably a year and a half.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's for sure. I think he'll he'll take some visits, and he is this fall. He's already shown that, and and he'll uh, he'll be at Mississippi State when LSU plays there next weekend. He's going to be at Alabama when LSU plays Alabama. Um, so he's got some other visits lined up, and and certainly going to enjoy the process. And um, I'm sure LSU will will not let up on him. But two others that that I do want to touch on, and one is is important because I I think he's he could be on commit watch. I don't I don't think. He's looking to make a decision right now, but if you're looking at 2021 guys that LSU really caught their attention with an offer, I think it was Hunter Washington, the four-star corner uh, out of Texas. He's going to show up to the game this weekend. Uh, Florida has an offer on the table; they've, they've been on him pretty hard. But I mean, he, you know, the dream offer thing is is a little bit overblown when a when a prospect says it on Twitter. But this one, you can tell that it really caught his eye.
2: Yeah, I think it did. Uh, and he was pretty excited about it. <clears throat> like you said, they they made the offer before he even got into campus. So that clearly uh, lets you know that they do have some interest. He's coming in. Um, him and Bryce Anderson, who's already committed, he's a year younger for 2022. But uh, two guys in Texas that are buddies that play on the same seven-on-seven team, they'll spend time together this weekend. You know, Anderson's going to be in his ear. Um, and early on, you know, they're going to want to take a a handful of corners next year, just like that. They will safeties. And, uh, I circle him as a guy to watch because typically their corners do come from Louisiana or Texas or, or their DBs do, I should say. Um, and they kind of put a lot of focus into those two States for it. So, uh, yeah, the, the Katie high star jumps out to me as right now. We have them ranking the top 20 as cornerbacks on 24 seven. And, um, he's another to watch this weekend. I think it'd probably be too early to say uh, that he might commit just because um, he's really starting to kind of heat up and, and grab a bunch of offers. But uh, I do think that he's one to, to really kind of keep an eye on moving forward and getting him to campus in this environment on Saturday night, uh, as he said, it's already his quote unquote dream offer. I think that pushes it even to the next level. Um, and I have him as a guy who, um, you know, on the site we'll probably be talking about a good bit because uh, as I mentioned, when you're in Texas, the Houston area, you got an offer from LSU, and you're a DB. Uh, it turns into kind of a um, kind of something to to really monitor closely because that's kind of an area that they've always uh, pursued heavily and and wanted to get guys from, and uh, and it looks like he's going to be one of the better players in Texas for next year's
1: cycle. And and finally, and and we could talk about a, a you know number of in-state Louisiana wide receivers from Chris Hilton. To Quincy Brown, who both have, you know, Hilton especially that he's got the Florida Florida option as well. But there's one that that you know certainly one that they're monitoring is Brian Thomas out of Walker 2021. He's a two-sport star. He's got offers from both basketball and football. So this is kind of one of those intriguing recruiting. Um, storylines to monitor that I want to wrap up with on the 2021 front and 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 with the podcast so what's kind of your thoughts on Brian Thomas we saw him on uh over the summer at, at LSU's camp and and this is one where again he could be one that ends up going out of state and but I think LSU wants to see a little bit more out of him but he's certainly in that intriguing recruiting battle uh range for for both schools
2: yeah, yes. I mean, we saw him at camp this summer. I think he would tell you he didn't have his best day. I mean, he didn't he didn't catch the ball extremely well. Um, but look, you know, when you're leaving your sophomore year, you go to a camp like that, uh, you're running through with thirty other receivers. You're going to go up against dps you've never faced and and obviously playing with uh, quarterbacks that you aren't used to throwing with. So uh, I think it's forgivable uh, in large part because, his film on Friday nights is really good. I mean, he is dominant at Walker and, uh, we saw it from him a year ago. He's having a great season this year. Uh, I think he's one that LSU kind of continues to heat up for, uh, as time goes on, but, uh, yeah, you mentioned it look, and Florida's not the only one, obviously. I mean, bam, all these other schools are after it. Uh, and I think that when you look at next year's class, you mentioned uh, Chris Hilton, uh, obviously Brian Thomas, they've got a number of kids that can play the receiver spot really well, have national offers, are going to be nationally ranked. Um, and I think he's going to be one that kind of continues to put himself firmly in that conversation with LSU and, and with a handful of other SEC schools. And um, you get him in for a game like this, and uh, all you do is continue to drill home kind of what staying at home would be like and and playing for LSU would be like. And uh, I do, I think. And, and toss in look, Quincy Brown out of Destrehan's another who we'll see where he goes in terms of um, kind of his classification and finishing out at Destrehan. But next year, one thing we know for sure is that Louisiana, more so than this year, is going to have a bunch of good receivers that are SEC caliber uh, and are LSU caliber. So uh, I'm interested to see which way they go with it because they've got a really good receiver haul this year, but they're going to lose a lot of receivers from the roster in the next couple of years. So they're going to need to find a way in back-to-back classes uh, to score big, and, and in my opinion, uh, and I know you'll agree, that means that uh, they're going to want to come away with some of these Louisiana guys and not rely on having um, to, you know, uh, get nothing but out-of-state kids or get all-out-of-state kids that uh, might be a bit tougher to hang on to.
1: Well said. Well said, Shay. I, I think we've covered the gamut. Again, head over to Go247.com for the latest on who's visiting for the LSU-Florida game. We've got... Uh, a ton of updates on on who's coming in. We're we're going to throw together the entire list for you guys a uh, little in a little bit here. So that'll be on the side as well. So look for that. A huge recruiting weekend for LSU. We'll be here to cover it from start to finish. So with that, guys, we're going to sign off on the Go Twenty Four Seven Podcast for Shade Dixon. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening and enjoy the game this weekend.
2: Okay, picture this.